morning, Sarah Hepla. Good morning, Nancy Rommelman. We're so close, but so far away. So close and yet so far away. I think, you know, if there wasn't a wall to my right, I could throw a softball and, and hit you in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but in fact, there are a few walls between us because, because I have failed us, Sarah Heppola. I have failed us yet again. Technology has failed us. Technology has failed us. We uh, So everybody, hello. Um, happy Wednesday. I believe it is a Wednesday today. Sarah Hepla is in New York City, as a matter of fact, in my very apartment in the studio where we usually record. But um, I had some troubles making um, our systems talk to each other. So I'm sitting in one room, she's sitting in another, and here we are with you. It's a metaphor for modern life. We're here right. but apart. That's right. We're connected so. but alone. Um, um we, yes, I am here in New York. Uh, and, and, and one of the cool things that we did because it's post Thanksgiving, how was your Thanksgiving by the way? It was good. I had two Thanksgivings. I had a Thanksgiving, um, with a bunch of friends of friends in this really cool, like converted church with all these like artists and actors and everybody was funny and interesting. And they were like moppity 15 year old boys and actors that, I, yes, <laughs> actors that I recognized from like British sitcoms I used to watch. It was really fun. And then the next day, Wait, um, who are a, these people? Why, why, uh, wh- what brought you to bleh, that? Bleh, you don't want to, you're not going to name drop, but I'm I mean, like, how did you, I didn't even know this happened. I wound up there because my girlfriend I've known since one of my dearest friends I've known since we were two years old, uh, she lives up near my mom. And I said, what are you doing on Thanksgiving day? Cause I'm having the little family Thanksgiving the following day. And she said, oh, we're doing a friend's giving, which is a phrase these days. And, yeah. um, why don't you come? So I came, it was great. It was super fun. I made a pie shocking. And, uh, then I had a little small family Thanksgiving, uh, the following day on Friday and made a duck and it was delicious. It was good. Good. How about you? Good. It was fun. My family went to Galveston, which I'd been, uh, going to several times for reporting. And so I wanted to introduce the fam to, uh, the, the glorious Texas coastline. It was great. It was really fun. And, uh, but now that we're post Thanksgiving, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. And one of the fun things that you and I did was to put up your tree, which I was delighted to discover. Well, I, I guess I knew this, but I'd forgotten, was pink, which I feel like is something that I should have in my house. I should be the one with this fake pink tree. Uh, but you have it. And we and put it up together. It is very uncharacteristic of me. When I was a kid, I thought fake Christmas trees were like the absolute height of tacky, like no way ever. That is one of the many ways that we differ because when I was growing up, I thought fake Christmas trees were the absolute bomb, coolest thing. And it was so lame. We had to get these real Christmas trees every year. I remember there was a girl in college whose family was like super, super waspy. And she said that not only, of course, you had a real tree, but no, no, no ornaments, no tinsel, no anything on the tree, but real little white candles. I'm like, well, yeah. that that's a recipe for burning down your house. This was but- my house. My mom had spent time in Germany as a young woman, and she was very inspired by the German Christmas trees where they would do, you'd hang an apple on a branch, like okay. with a, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd put like a pin inside it and then you'd hang the apple and then you would clip a candle onto it. That's, I guess. But you wouldn't light the candles. 
Well, no. Apparently, this family lit the candles. But, well, good okay. luck to her. Okay, good but luck. We weren't we weren't <laughs> allowed to have tinsel or anything. Uh, it was Sarah. these German straw ornaments. It was like <laughs> call CPS. <laughs> How? <laughs> And my brother and I used to have to do, instead of tinsel, we would do, it would be cranberry and popcorn on a string and we had to string it together. So I just have these memories of like watching television and like stringing this. This is is child abuse. Popcorn and cranberry. I know my mom listens to this podcast. So this is your last day as a free woman. They're coming, they're coming for you. But this is all, that's why I had such a fetish for like the fake gaudy trees, like, like bubble lights and all the sort of over the top American consumerist Christmas was like the bomb to me growing up. So the reason there is a pink tree here is because I moved into this apartment in December, 2019. In December, 2020, uh, Matt Welch and I had already started Paloma Media. The sort of theme color for Paloma Media is sort of like a light lavender. We've got the neon Paloma sign over the studio where you are right now. And um, I thought, you know what? We have so many people in this house. We were having parties all the time. Let me get a little tree that's maybe lavender. Why the heck not? I didn't see one I liked on Amazon. I got the pink one. This is now, I guess it's 2020, 21, it's fourth year. It The little branches pull out. We put it together in 35 seconds, right? Yeah. And, about, um, that's about. and I leave it because I'm a the only woman in New York with empty closets because I... <laughs> Get rid of I all know, my possessions. because you're such a minimalist. I, I know. Nancy Rommelman is such a minimalist. She's the opposite of a hoarder. So I um, it sits in the closet, and then it's time. So anyway, that is the fascinating story of um of the uh, Christmas tree, and it's beautiful. And uh, but, but this yeah. was in service of a revelation that I had while we were putting that yes. Christmas tree together, which is that <laughs> you started playing Christmas music, and the song, you know, uh. I think it's called what? Is it called "Walking in a Winter Wonderland"? Winter, winter Wonderland. Winter Walking Wonderland. Right. Walking in a winter, winter wonderland. wonderland. Yep. And and in the meadow we will build a snowman, and pretend that he is. And this is where I pause, <laughs> because all my life I have thought the words were parse, p a r s e, and brown, and that parse was some British word. And so I stop and say to you. What is parse? You, what is no, you, parse and brown? That's right. You said, what is parse and brown? And I'm like, parse and brown. And you're like, yeah, what is parse and brown? I'm like, Sarah, parse and brown, like a clergyman, parson. And she's, you're like, what? I was like, what? Nobody, what, what's what, a parson? Yeah. And then I go, so. what, what's a parson? And then you go, everybody knows this. And then I go, is this English? And then I started looking yes. it up. And then I had one of these, like, like my brain exploded where I was like, does everyone else know that this is Parson Brown? And I'm just learning this at the age of 42, that the line is Parson Brown. And then the whole narrative of the story snapped into place <laughs> because later the narrator goes on to say, you know, and then in he the will meadow, say, we will build a snowman well, you didn't have to start and the pretend that he is Parson Brown. He'll, He'll say, say, are you, are you married? We'll say no, no man. man. Yeah. So that's why, that's why it's the Parson Brown okay. is saying those things. Okay. But so, now we're, we're, we're kind of burying a lead here. So what did you say after that? You said, or somebody said, if you want to make money, if you want to make money, in royalties, yeah. in perpetuity, 
record a Christmas song because there's like only, I guess there's a lot, but there's a certain amount that becomes standards. And of course, you said the other day, we dropped right off the cliff with some horrible songs, but we said we are going to ask the listeners since she and I can both sort of carry a tune. Sort of. what, What Christmas song would you like us to record? And we'll do it. Yeah. Listen. And then they, we'll record a, a right. Smoke Em If You Got Em Christmas classic. That A cl- classic in air quotes. Um, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready, Sarah. And as soon as we get that the sound working in the studio, we're going to record it and it's going to be great. So. Um, Gosh. And- Parson Brown. Yeah. Parson Brown. Find- Who do you think plays Parson Brown in the movie? Is it like, um, I don't know, for some reason I see like. Jesse Plemons. He's playing everything these days. He is. He's good. Yeah. I think Jesse Plemons as Parson Brown is like. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Are you married? And then the other people, the young couple says, no, man. Anyway, I'm going to leave this now. Um, It's just, it's been a revelation for me. I thought I would share it. Sometimes these things happen. Um, But but how is the uh, season in New York? Is it the giving season? Is it happy outside there? Uh, well, I can say just personally, it's a very, very, very busy season. Um, kind of looking at the schedule of all, you know, all the holiday parties happen. You come New York city, you know, August, everybody tries to leave cause it's like living in the devil's armpit. And then September, everybody gets back to town and there's all kinds of parties late September, early October. You're like, you're dressing up all the time. Then things are quiet for a little while. And now December, boom, everybody's having their parties, they're going out. So um, it's fun. Uh, it's been a little, um, and I don't know if I should, should I jump the gun here and say what else is going on in, in New York City? Or should we save yes. that for later? Should I no, should jump can, in? Okay. Can, okay. okay. Jump the gun. Well, as everybody knows, um, there was a big massacre in Israel on October 7th. A lot of people were killed. Other people were taken hostage. And we are blessedly seeing the return of a lot of the hostages. Um, our friend Yael is posting about that, posting pictures and videos. And that's wonderful to see. Um, there's also been a lot of protests in New York. Um, there have been sort of pro-Israel marches. There have been pro-Palestinian marches over on my Substack. I've been trying to talk to a lot of different people, giving them air and room to talk about their experiences. The most recent one is from a settler um, in the West Bank. In any case, there have been also some pro-Palestinian, I would call them, interruptions. They're not so much... Acts of civil disobedience. Acts of civil disobedience. We had, um, during the Macy's Day Parade last week, for Thanksgiving, which happens on Thanksgiving morning. We had some pro-Palestinian activists, people chanting from the river to the sea, uh, basically run into the middle of the parade and super glue themselves to the sidewalk, Uh, including- They changed a lot of hearts and minds though. So that's the thing. I mean, I'm not sure, and and we're going to talk about this a little more later, you know, when you're going out to do this, what is the purpose? I mean, I would assume, right. and I talked to some people the other day about this, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, you assume you want people to, you want to raise awareness. Maybe you want people to be sympathetic to your cause. Um, maybe you just want to maybe feel good about yourself. I don't know. In any case, the people at the Macy's Day Parade, and we'll find video of this, they were not appreciated by New Yorkers. Um, They were uh, roundly booed and screamed at by New Yorkers because people have waited for this basically 
all year. You've got thousands of children there. I used to go with my dad and sit on his shoulders. But now the parade has to stop because there are eight or 10 people in sort of white hazmat uniforms and blood on themselves who have super glued their bodies and hands to the ground. Now, of course, the police or authorities are trying to get them up, but you can't get them up. So their hands are stuck and they're trying to pry up the hands. And then one guy's screaming, ah, my hands, my hands. And of course, which is terrible, but also people are like, well, dude, good for, what do you expect is going to happen? Do you think like 50,000 people and the thousands of people marching are just gonna be like, okay, we'll just, uh, we'll just hang out here. While you shout. The, the thing is, is that politics has spilled into so many parts of our lives that I think people are feel particularly sacred about the the joyful parts that don't have that. You know, this is the Thanksgiving Macy's Day Parade. Right. I mean, this is this is it's it's an absurd tradition if you think about it. There are giant turkeys blown up that float over, you know, yeah. the sky. It's it's a silly thing. Right, but it's joyful, it's tradition, and it's it's sort of full of wonder and exuberance. And then here come these people. To, I didn't realize they super glued their hands. To, how do, a, it's a very how, common tactic these days. Oh, it's a very it is? it's a very common tactic. Yeah. Um, so so, so that, you expand your time there because they can't move you. Do they have gloves right. on at least? I don't, I don't remember. I have to look at the video. Um, so there was that, uh, tonight at the, okay. What is another iconic happening in New York that people come from all over the world to see the lighting of the Christmas tree at Rockefeller center, which I mean, I think most people know about, uh, let me see exactly what is happening there tonight because, that was posted. It is tonight at the lighting of the Christmas tree. There is the flood the tree lighting for Gaza at Rockefeller Center, a 6 p.m. rally. Bring your flags, signs, and kafiyas. So that now, too, is going to be um, interrupted. Uh, I mean, there that's the flyers that are going on. We don't know how many people are going to show up. It could be 30 people. It could be 300 people. I, I think it would probably be closer to the latter. And speaking of that, on Sunday, I had not my finest moment. Uh, <laughs> we will post video of it. So I got back here on Sunday. I drove from uh, upstate with um, Matt Welch and his daughter were in the car, his eight-year-old, and we they dropped me at my house. And about 20 minutes later, I get a text from Matt saying, well, they've blocked the Manhattan Bridge, which is two blocks from my house. And it was a pro-Palestinian action. And I'm like, you want me to come down there and yell at them? So I I went down there. He, Which, but you were going to uh, you, you I was going to do it anyway. You sure. were going to do it anyway. Oh, I mean, if I, I knew, if I when, knew, I, I didn't know. know. I'm not trying to not trying to blame me. I'm just telling you how I was when aware of this. When you tell this story, you always make it sound like him. Matt Well, You do. Him. You sort well, of try to aware. offload this. He made, Okay. I'm not only he made me aware that it was going because I actually didn't know what was going on. Even though it's only two blocks away, I, I couldn't hear it. Um, I got there. I spent about four minutes yelling at eight oh. protesters. No, not the ones you saw, different ones. It was it's worse. <laughs> it's worse than you know, Sarah. I I I they were joined and now, okay, let us let us admit Sarah's covering her face. If you could see she's so embarrassed for me. Um I spent a lot of time around the activists in Portland who, yeah. when you ask them, 
why they were doing, what they were doing, what their objectives were. They would go, what is it? Photography equals death. Like you couldn't get <laughs> well, any- I don't even know what you just said. Photography equals death. Oh, I thought you said right? frittata equals death. <laughs> sometimes, ew, as sometimes, far as I'm concerned. Sometimes, sometimes it does. Edmophobe Nancy says it does. But um, I, I am used to- Photogra- I'm sorry, I'm laughing at that. Photography equals death. See, I don't know. I find these people like, I find this funny, but I also find you funny that knee jerk Nancy had to ride to the rescue and go down there and intervene with these people that were just doing their little civil act of disobedience. And in you come, okay, all right, in you come and you mixed it up. I did. And let me just say, I went down there. If I had been there as a journalist, like, I don't think I'm going to get to Rockefeller uh, Center tonight because I got another engagement. But had I gone there in as a journalist, I obviously would have gone on and I wouldn't have said anything particular. I would have looked around. I would have found some people to talk to. I would have taped them. I would have just, you know, been a journalist. But, you know, I'm admitting it was not my finest moment. And I was there as a pissed off New Yorker. I was there as a New Yorker who now... People, you're inconveniencing people on the second busiest travel day of the year. They're trying to get home. They've got kids in the car. They can't do this now because you were there and they were like just standing there kind of like dancing and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was not very happy about it. I moved away from those people. I walked up to there was a big crowd by the bridge. I started filming myself saying, oh, this is great. Let's And this guy came up to me and said, could you please not film? And I lost it. I lost it and I lost it because I am used to having that said to me in Portland, like, you're not allowed to film. It's like, I am fucking allowed to film. We live in America. I am allowed to film you. And hello, you are standing here in a bright orange vest, shouting slogans in public while you're blocking traffic. But wait, excuse me? I'm not allowed to film. So I got a little hot and bothered. But let me just say, we get a little thought we were going to talk about this later, but. I did engage with him very quickly, and I'm sorry, his facts about why he's there were all kebobbled and wrong. It made me it made me fantasize. I truly, Sarah, I want to create like a little QR code and go out to these activists and say, take a picture of this with your phone. And then when they get there, there's going to be like 10 questions along the lines of, uh, when did the British leave Palestine? Um, when was the last ceasefire in Gaza? Uh, when did the occupation end? And see how many of they them they get right because the two activists I talked to got none of them right. right. And I was, you know, because I, and what I did, I did not say anything about politics to them. I did not say anything pro-Israeli, pro-Palestine, anti-Israel, anti-Palestine, nothing. All I said to them was, what are you accomplishing here? What, who do you think you're helping? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, one of the interesting things, so if you watch this video, one of the interesting things that you see is that Nancy is all hot and, and she's getting something at the door right now, by the way. Uh, that's the muffled sound you hear in the background. Um, Nancy is, is all fired up and the people that she's talking to, I must say are pretty calm. So I like, you know, Nancy likes 
to to point out that like our job as journalists is to dial down the temperature. And I like to tease her about this moment because there was somebody dialing up the temperature and it was one Nancy Rommelman. However, as she pointed out, she was there as a pissed off New Yorker. And now, and, and I, and I completely, you know, I admire this spitfire part of my partner. I just don't have it at all. And, uh, so I'm interested, you know, Nancy, one of the things that you and I talk about is we, we we ask, you know, what are the protesters hoping to get out of this? So let me ask you this question. Yes. When you marched down to the Manhattan Bridge, what were yep. you hoping to get out of that? Well, I was a little enraged, as you know. Um, I, 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 again, not, not my finest moment. I was very frustrated. And no judgment I, here. I, um... But when, but I will tell you, I didn't put this part of the clip uh, online because it was too long. You can only put like two minutes on Twitter. So these folks talked to me. And then another young woman came up. She was sweet as sugar. We had a very, very productive and calm conversation. And she, because look, there are some people that I think know how to be activists well and some who don't. Um, she did. And she said, I can see you're very, I don't know if she used the word passionate, not a word I like. So you're very passionate about this. We obviously have some disagreements, but let me explain why we're here. And she um, wasn't sort of just like spouting the usual, no word, no genocide or anything like that. She also sort of said, listen, that group that, you know, glued themselves during the Macy's Day Parade, that was not our group. Um, she basically said, we're trying to raise awareness here. Now, my, and I, and I, we shook hands at the end. It was, it was very nice. Um, but the, the prop, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Um, the problem, and we talked about this the other night, I don't know if I was talking about it with you or with, uh, no, it was yesterday with, uh, with Michael and Matt, that what's going to happen inevitably, you know, any protest movement creates an incandescence of sort, right? Who is, who is, attracted to the incandescence. Some people are true believers. Some people just want to hang out. And you also get the crazies, okay? You get the crazies, for instance, in Portland, where a Michael Reinhold, who claims to be a big BLM supporter, is in fact just a nutball and murders someone in cold blood. And almost was sort of like, I'm not saying he was seeking to take cover within the movement, but he kind of was, all right? What is going to happen if you continue to block roadways in New York, if you continue to disrupt, I mean, what did we have happen uh, yesterday or the day before? They they disrupted um, um, uh, Rosalind Carter's funeral. Okay, what mm. what happens next? Are are they going to go to maternity wards, or operating theaters to get their their point across? Um, but let I, me let me go back to the question, which was what what did you hope to get out of it? I mean, you sort of dodged the question. You said it wasn't my finest hour. I'm teasing. You know, we're teasing you. Hi, smoke them if you got them, listeners. This is Sarah Heppola with Nancy Rommelman. Hi. We're inviting you to listen to the rest of this conversation, but you have to subscribe. Go to smokeempodcast.substack.com/slash subscribe. We hope to see you on the other side. Bye.